Welcome to Creating Synergy, where we explore what it takes to transform. Whether you are transforming yourself, your team, your business, or your community, we'll connect you with insightful and challenging leaders who share their stories of successful transformations to give you practical ideas for your own journey. Join us for another insightful episode of Creating Synergy. So welcome to Creating Synergy Podcast. My name is Daniel Franco. Today, we have Shane Harris, who is the Australian Pacific Practice Lead Devices as a Service for Lenovo. Shane has worked with customers throughout Asia and Australia while being in senior roles in HPE and Australian cloud providers before continuing his career at Lenovo. Currently, he focuses on enabling customers to continuously evolve and transform by providing strategic direction and insight on how they manage the life cycle of their technology. Shane is responsible for the device as a service business for the Asia Pacific and works closely with customers to help them transform into a modern workplace. He's currently, well, he's based in Australia, currently based in South Australia. Welcome to the show, Shane. Lovely to have you, mate. Thank you, Daniel. Great to be here. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your journey to looking after, I mean, you're looking after the Asia Pacific for Lenovo in devices as a service. It's a fairly substantial role. Yep. How are you, how are you going, A, uh, well, tell us how you got there and then B, how are you going in the current environment? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, you know, I spent probably 15 years in the managed services part of the IT industry. So, um, so you, you know, you're delivering services to customers, you're speaking to them on a regular basis, you, you become an extended part of their workforce. So, you really start to understand in depth how different organisations work and how they deliver IT into their business and then how they manage the life cycle of the business. So spent a lot of time working for some Australian cloud providers, um, you know, in over the last probably 15 years and then um, came into Lenovo about five years ago to help um, set up a business uh, that they'd acquired from IBM mm -hmm. uh, and over the course of time, um, over the last five years, they, I think Lenovo strategically realised how important the services component of IT was and, and helping organisations deliver and manage technology. Mm -hmm. um, so there was an opportunity to um, help kind of grow that part of their business. So uh, I, I jumped straight into that, obviously, fantastic opportunity to, to get yeah. into a part of the industry that is growing mm -hmm. and evolving really quickly and um, helping organisations that uh, you know focus on their their particular market, um, while we focus on our particular market and our strengths. So that, that's that's kind of how I jumped into it uh, and how I find myself here today, really. So device as a service is that? What's that look like? Is that all laptops, hardware, everything that's involved with that? What what is device? Pretty much, it's it's so you just you take say. A, as an example, a large organisation, their traditional way of buying IT for their employees to use to do their work mm -hmm. and for them to be productive. Mm -hmm. So taking that really traditional model and applying the, the Netflix of how, how you do that to that traditional model. So delivering end-user compute and, and technology and devices, laptops, everything yep. to an organisation as a service. So... Um, you know, the, from the procurement of that technology through to the delivery of it and the management of the life cycle, taking it away from the user and replacing it as well, uh, refreshing it. You know, mm -hmm. as as an organisation, you can imagine as you as a new employee, it's it's never seamless getting no, a, you know, a laptop into your hands that you can turn on and start working. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, as you as that technology gets old, you know, supporting it um, so you can continue to be productive. So. So effectively, devices as a service is doing that on behalf of an organisation. You know, getting getting a, a device into the hands of an employee that they can turn on and start working straight away, mm -hmm. um, and then d delivering a really positive and proactive support experience throughout the life cycle of that device, so they can they get a positive user experience, and so they can be productive, um, and then helping them retire that asset as well and replace yeah. it. Um, you know, you can imagine after three years technology changes so much these days yeah. that um 
you know, people want to want to be using the latest technology all the time. So we help organisations replace and refresh that technology as well. So just in regards to, so that's really cool. The Netflix like Uber type service uh, is it something that a lot of people, a lot of businesses are looking into right now? And is there a size limit for these businesses that not, need to? Not really. There's not really a specific size. It's any any business really that um, you know procures, delivers, and manages um, you know end user devices for their employees. Um, we, we can do that on, on their behalf, really. Um, so I'm, just, a, I'm a, a government organisation in South Australia or Australia, we're anywhere in the Asia Pacific, really. Yeah. I'm a, a big corporate company. I come to you, Shane, and say, hey, mate, we, we're sick of buying our own computers and laptops and hardware and whatever. Uh, we don't want to look after it anymore. Can you guys do it for us? Is that essentially how it works? Yeah, effectively. The other part of it is it's an asset that sits on that organization's books, you know, and, and most most yeah. organizations don't see any benefit in that asset sitting on, on no. their, their P&L effectively. Yeah, so, so we will like a, a Netflix or, um, or an Uber or, you know, that, those, those companies that are really evolving and, and leading the way the market is, performing any market is performing today we're just delivering that as a service um, instead of them buying the asset themselves and using it we'll just uh, give it to them to use for the three years that they would traditionally use it take it off of them and replace it and then manage the you know manage the life cycle of that device as well so it just means that um, there's some really interesting offshoots that come out of you know um, delivering that asset to an end user where they can turn it on and start working yeah. straight away. Yeah, You can imagine the overhead internally to a, a large organisation to procure something new um, for a new employee. It never, never happens on time usually. Um, so you can imagine the impact to an organisation where a new employee is potentially sitting around for a few days waiting for that to be ready. And then when they do turn it on, there's a whole lot of stuff they have to try and do to before they can actually start working and start being productive. Mm. So our, our goal really is um, we help organisations to um, be, become more productive by giving them, say, a, a, a technology that their employees use. Um, they can, When they turn it on, they can start working and, and start being productive straight away. Yeah. Is there a benefit in the – like, you know, technology grows old really quickly. I guess that would be a big benefit that they could just upgrade consistently and constantly. We see a lot of benefits like that yeah. for organisations that start to use this model. Mm. Uh, first off, th there's a significant overhead in on the business that gets taken away from mm. procuring, delivering and managing that technology. So it means that you know those those internal people that are have that overhead that gets taken away from them can then start to use all of that additional time and resources that they potentially have yeah. on something that's relevant to their business, yeah, you know, okay. something that potentially is revenue generating for their business or uh, is more motivating for staff as well. So one, they become a more of a, an asset to the organisation they work for because they're focused on something that is relevant to that organisation. Yeah. But secondly, we, we find that the, the other kind of um, indirect benefit is that those, those employees are more motivated, you know, their CX scores are higher because they're doing something that is interesting to them they're doing something that is related to the business that they work in as well so they find themselves um they, they see higher value in themselves because they're delivering something that's important to the business yeah there's nothing worse going into a new business like you get a new job you get one a new computer and you get given this old recycled thing that comes from three or four years ago and and technology new technology is yeah. being released faster and faster yeah um, you know, and so so people want to use the latest and the greatest latest technology, and, greatest. and so this this model actually helps organisations refresh their technology in a more consistent manner. But it means that they have the ability to to consume new technology more regularly as well. So it it becomes a a, a talent acquisition piece for a business mm. to say, hey, we, you know, we we refresh our technology on a more regular basis. We're we're able to give you better technology more consistently. So it becomes a, a, a talent acquisition piece, but it also becomes a talent retention piece as well. Mm. You know, people enjoy working there because they get they get access to great technology, but yeah. they also get access to proactive support of that technology as well. If something goes wrong, it, you know, they can they can be continuously productive. Uh, is a term that we use. You know, and that that becomes really important to yeah. organisations that have employees that can 
work consistently ongoing, um, even when their technology fails and anything that has power in it, we know yeah. will yeah. fail at some stage. Absolutely. But it's the ability to um, replace that technology or properly support it so they can continue working. Um, so it's an interesting uh, situation. It, it, when we, you talked about the management of that device and how those people, the labour, I guess, of the, that are working with those devices can now concentrate on new things. Yeah. Is it removing that job altogether? That's, that's so the, the, the biggest challenge that we have in, in talking to organisations about how this works this is reduction. they think it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's an outsource and it's not really an outsource at all. It's, it's about um, realigning that organisation so they can be more focused on uh, their core business mm-hmm. and not, not a back office function that adds yeah. no value well, to the business. Because it's a mundane role looking after... Low value tasks, yeah. sometimes highly manual that don't that are not meaningful to that particular business. Yeah. So, we, we're the 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 technology manufacturers. So you know we have a very good understanding of that technology, how mm. it works, the life cycle, and so forth. So, and we can do it at scale on behalf of that organisation. So what we see happens is that those people that are currently doing those tasks that are low value, uh, they stop doing them. And it means that they can effectively, you can almost say, turn 180 degrees and start being an asset to their to their business and doing something that's meaningful and relevant to their mm. business. When you you say you can do it on a large scale, where do you keep all? Like, let's say you sign up every major corporate in Australia, for example. Like yeah. Everyone's using Netflix. I guess that's a goal for you guys. You'd have your KPIs. Let's say you meet your KPIs. Where's all this stock coming from? Is it all from overseas? Is it? Do you have a warehouse? Where is Lenovo in Australia? Uh, so Lenovo in Australia is effectively what we would say is a, a sales and marketing organisation in Australia. Yeah. We don't then there's no manufacturing capability here, mm-hmm. um, but there's a large sales and and services uh, part of our organisation resides in Australia to service Australia and New Zealand effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, Lenovo is is the number one device manufacturer in the world mm-hmm. um, currently. Um, what, beating uh, Apple and Samsung. Number one, HP number two, Dell number three. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so worldwide we're number one. In Asia Pacific we we are close to just behind uh, HP. But um, a lot of of people probably don't know Lenovo, but as soon as you you say you talk about the ThinkPad branding with the red dot, I think that's when everyone recognises who they are. So... Yeah, very, very, very long history. A lot of people would think it's a, a Chinese business and a large heritage in China, China and a lot of our manufacturing is from China, but um, it's very much a, a global organisation headquartered yeah, okay. out of... So it is um, a Chinese-started business, though? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah it was, it was that started probably 30, 30 plus years yeah, ago. Okay. But um, now it's a global... It was the, the, the device or the end-user technology, the laptop technology was acquired off of IBM about 15 years ago. Okay. Uh, and that's that's when they truly become a became a global organisation. So... Um, headquartered in about 170 companies uh, countries around the world. Yeah, wow. um, yeah so re- fantastic reach. We've got about 56,000 employees around the world. So you know, a true global organisation. So going back to the businesses with the devices, the service uh, product. So I'm an everyday employee within a business, uh, typing away on my computer, blue screen. Right? Yeah. Who do I call? Do I call? You guys, do you manage that piece as well, or do you? We can, uh, or do, does it? Is that where the IT within the business still comes in, into play? D- definitely, still can come into play. I think the, the one of the, the the great things that I love about how we we do this is that we work r- really closely and seamlessly with IT to understand where the value is. So, in a lot of cases, um, what what we do with organisations is turn their their IT divisions into more of a customer service facing um, component of the business so traditionally you know it is thought of as the sitting in the back room and and Mm. you know fixing things and keeping the lights on Uh, what what we do do is help organizations or the it part of an organization become that that customer centric component of technology within their business and we just provide that support function behind them um, so it really does shine a light on um, the IT people within their organisation. Yeah. Um, that you know, back to that call that someone would make, it potentially will come straight through to us. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of the capability in in most countries around the world where you can 
you can we can provide that support direct to the end user. But in most cases, we will we will make the internal IT organisations that front line, mm-hmm. so they become that that you know f- first point of contact, and uh, we shine a light on them, and and yep. we provide that support behind them. So if I'm if we're getting five new starters next week. What does that look like from from your perspective? Is it something that does the stock on hand that you give these these businesses to stock already, or is it something that they need to order in? And what's the turnaround times? How does that sort of work? Because you know delays currently, especially with shipping at the moment and the way things work. Absolutely, yeah. So we obviously we work really closely with with organisations. We're delivering and managing this this technology for them. Mm-hmm. So you know we become an extension of of not just their IT. Uh, part of their business but their whole business so we're we're consistently working to understand rolling forecasts for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. so a really important part of what we do for some large organizations today is manage manage their their graduate intake programs mm-hmm. um, and and sometimes their you know end of financial year requirements as well where it's a really short-term requirement that a business has to be able to scale up quickly um, with a lot of people coming in to perform a, a really specific function for that business uh, and the challenges that traditionally these businesses have is that ha- how do we how do we give them a piece of technology to effectively do their work for a short period of time without wasting a lot of money on mm. on technology unnecessarily because that person is going to come into the business and work three or six months and then and then leave again the, mm. you know the business scales back down same with a graduate intake program yeah. so yeah w- what our model allows organisations to do is is kind of flex up their technology to be able to meet those requirements for new people coming into the business, mm-hmm. whether it's graduates or seasonal workforce or otherwise. And then when those when those people exit the business, they hand the technology back to us and they effectively stop paying for it as well. So okay. it really becomes, you know, almost that consumption model, mm-hmm. you know, that that Netflix model where yeah. you're just paying for what you're using. What do you use? Yeah, it's brilliant. How are businesses taking it? Like com- companies working with it at the moment, going well for you guys? It's, well, it's, well, going for well for them, I should say. Yeah, it, it, look, especially in the current climate yeah. uh, with, with COVID, uh, organisations are seeing huge benefits in it because uh, a lot of organisations are needing to right-size their business on the back of the impact of yeah. COVID. Whether it's an easy reduction in headcount, is it? <laughs> well, it's not, we're seeing some, some organisations blow up. Yeah, you know, we are. There's, well, that's true. You know, it's, it's been growing. really significant in both directions, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, Fortunately for some businesses, unfortunately for others. But mm. I think this model allows uh, organisations, you know, on, the result of COVID is some workforces have had to be reduced. So those organisations that are under this model already have been able to hand back technology and, and effectively stop paying for for that technology. So yeah. it's, it's, it's been a positive um, part of, um, you know, a negative situation for, mm. for organisations where... They've had to make some workforce reductions because of the current climate, but you know they've been able there because they're under this model. Um, they've been able to respond to that change in climate, mm. um, you know, and the, the financial implications of doing so have been reduced as well. So um, it, it, it's it's not ideal that that's had to happen to some organisations, but the positive part of it is that um, you know we've helped them um, get through that a little bit easier as well, which is a, which is a great thing to be able to do. Taking like Lenovo, putting Lenovo aside and any other sort of um, IT-based company, device company. Netflix, when you looked at Netflix 10, 15 years ago, you might have looked at it and, you know, the video easy was around, which is probably the current model of the way we work in and and then Netflix then took off. Are we seeing that happen now with devices as a service as a product around the world? Companies are thinking... Actually, this is the future. I'm going to get on board. Is there fast movers, slow movers, all that, or is it, you know, is it generally well received? I guess from it's we're seeing it in every in every industry are starting to deliver. You know, traditionally what they've always gone to market with, they're looking at how they how they apply a consumption model to that, or how they deliver it as a service. Um, And so the businesses that have successfully been able to do that. They've transformed themselves already, and they've they've identified the the things that are core to their business that they should keep doing, and mm. and the things that aren't core to their business, like delivering and managing technology, they will they won't outsource. They will they'll let someone who is 
you know, um, very good at doing it um, and focused on that, they'll let they'll let them do that on their behalf. And it means that they, they free up resources to be able to focus on what is core to their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it means that they can become more successful. So we're seeing a really interesting transformation in different markets where in order for them to be delivering what is core to their business as a service, they also need to transform themselves to be able to do that. Um, and those, they start consuming things that aren't core to their business mm-hmm. as a service. So it's it's having a lot of flow-on effects to a lot of different organisations uh, to, to help them continue to be successful in the market. So you think this is going to this will be the way of the future? Definitely. That's, you know, the, the, the industry analysts are saying it. And it's not just specific to our industry, um, you know, us oh, delivering what we're good yeah. at as a service. It's My becoming, mind's going in the direction of, there is no reason why you couldn't do this on an individual level. Why would anyone spend two thousand dollars on a laptop when they could just hire it for thirty bucks a month? You know the old radio rentals type. Can yeah. you lease that? Whatever it might be, is that something that companies are looking to as well, or is that then just become such a behemoth of management and to manage that that scale is it? It becomes it becomes easier at scale um, at at that. At that level, becomes a little bit more complex to be able to yeah, to be able to properly support, but it's it's definitely at scale where it makes a lot of sense. So that there is an opportunity to move into that space. Is that we say? I think so. Yeah. Definitely. Um, we you know it, we definitely have that opportunity to deliver technology as a service to consumers. Everyone. Yeah, it's just the level of flexibility around. Yeah, what they want. What they want and, and if they can, how it's managed and they, whether you can hand it back or not at, yeah. a, at a particular time. Yeah. What do you do with the product after when you get it back? Well, that the reality is uh, technology is relevant for – it becomes relevant for a longer period of time because it's very – when it's well manufactured and yeah. I think that's, that's the key component for us is we work closely with other parts of the industry where they see value in – refurbished technology um that you know there's there's um so don't just chuck it in the bin absolutely you 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 recycle it yeah definitely there's a there's a there's a lot of laws not just in australia but around the world around how technology is disposed of yeah because it'd be all information especially government orgs very very strict yeah Yeah. and, and that's that's a that's a really interesting point that you raise is the way that technology is retired there's such a significant overhead to organisations around how they retire an asset you know, because there's so much confidential data on these mm, things. Um, you know, how, how does a business effectively make sure that that data doesn't get exposed when that device gets sold or mm. retired or sits in a cupboard uh, gathering dust yeah, somewhere? Yeah. You know, that, that it's an asset that um, sits on the business's yeah. books. So, you know, when, when a business attempts to try and retire an asset there's you know there's impacts to business finance and it so there's such a significant overhead to doing it and then how do they make sure that they securely destroy all of the data that's on there that's highly confidential for that business and they definitely don't want that getting out so that's a really important part of of what we do we help organizations retire and refresh their technology so retiring it so properly destroying the data that's on there so no one else has access to Can it, get it yeah. um, and then to you know to your point as well. What do you do with that technology when there's no there's no value to using it anymore? It has to be properly disposed of, efficiently disposed of, and and done in a in a green manner as well. Yeah, so there's a fairly significant cost. Well, to, I think that was where that I was going well. with the question: is environmentally you doing the right thing? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's a you know there's there's a you know sustainability and and um, making sure that we are environmentally uh, meeting all of um, you know the world's requirements is is really high on our list of priorities, and yeah. I think that's a that's a really important part of what we do. There's you can't you work your, with organisations today unless you uh, are doing the right thing yeah. from an environmental perspective and from a sustainability side yeah. of things as well. Well, you'd be all over your website, your policies, and everything like that, and people will hold hold you to account. I would dare say so. Definitely, and and even though we're delivering this as a service, organisations want to know what's you know that what is happening to that technology when it is retired. Yeah. Well, if, especially if it's got their confidential. I mean, the, in this day and age with cloud, is it, is it as simple as just lo- saying? It's funny because a lot of – it's interesting you mention that because most organisations are have moved 
towards storing organization data in the cloud. But we find, and I'm guilty, and I'm, I'm sure you're probably guilty of it as well, you, you know, you still use your device, you've got your kids' photos on there, you've got sports photos yeah. on there, you've probably got videos you watch on the plane, you've also still got work data that's local to your device as well. So there's still an element of managing how you move that from yeah, your old device to your new device as well, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is a fairly significant overhead that you don't think of at the time until it's time to you know replace your device all these little things end up becoming um, costs that businesses don't recognize well it's full-time employees that they need to manage this sort of thing as opposed to and then with that you get your uh, your annual leaves and your sick leaves and your time offs and long services and all that whereas you can kind of remove that with one i'm i'm an advocate advocate for creating jobs but the way the world's going it's those lower more mundane work jobs that we're going to see that are going to get taken over and this is probably just one of those examples isn't it really well you know it's it's predominantly because we can do it at scale and yeah, we correct. do it very well so we're finding there's some really interesting things that happen on the back of delivering this to mm. to organizations they they get a really consistent experience from their from their technology mm. so we're seeing organizations under this model they have their internal cx scores or mps scores or you know the i guess the motivation levels and the so cx customer experience customer experience and MPS. so internal customer experience mps is just a way to um to score that mm-hmm. uh, so that we're finding that um organizations under this model their internal cx scores are really high yeah. uh, as an example uh, one of our um, you know, large customers in Australia, when they first went under this model, their internal CX scores were around about 77, 78. Mm-hmm. And now they consistently sit at 92, 93. Yeah, wow. And a lot of that is because of the consistent way that technology, good technology, is delivered into their organisation um, to keep them productive. And that's the second part of um, where they're seeing some significant changes is the level of pro- productivity in, in their organisation. You know, it's increased substantially mm-hmm. um, because they've got good technology that they're using but secondly it, we we can help them be continuously productive if, if if it breaks we can replace it we can fix it really quickly um, they can hand it back and stop using it and stop paying for it so some really good side effects of of this model that um, organizations don't take into account when they first go down this path you know the the primary objective is uh, removing some overhead from the business and removing a level of cost from the business, and they soon find that there's some, you know, some qualitative factors that uh, that come into delivering this solution to organisations. Yeah. So, a small business is this an option for them? Definitely, yeah. definitely. And when I say small, I'm talking ten plus, five, ten plus, or is it you talking hundred? you know 100 plus no i think that there's definitely an opportunity to for, for this to be delivered as a service it, you know we find that the, the smaller um companies of that size ha- usually have a, a really close relationship with a local it business mm-hmm. that's doing some of some of this already yeah okay so in most cases um we will we'll just work with those, those it guys, businesses yeah. to help them help support yeah. them um, you know, I think it's really important. We, you know, Lenovo is a partner-led organisation, so we support, you know, IT partners around the world. And I yeah. think it's really important for those IT partners to be servicing, you know, small to medium business around around Australia yeah, and around absolutely. the world. So we we provide a support. What's the problem we mechanism. have? We're always thinking about: shit, do we keep on buying computers? What are we doing? Actually, this is not one that we want. You know, you buy one and then it doesn't suit the the person that's using it. And yeah, they need something with a bit more grunt, and you've just spent two grand on this laptop. And so, yeah, even for us as a you know a relatively very small business, it's it's yeah. a, something that oh, yeah. I, pricked my ears up when we were talking about it the other day and I was just like, hang on, this this could be uh, very useful for us growing if, as a growing business too. It is. I mean, you, th- you think about um, a lot of things that org- organisations, whether they're large or not, don't take into consideration is the amount of change in the, the technology during, you know, during the life of it, mm-hmm. i.e., an employee might leave after twelve months. Yeah. You know what? What do you do with the technology that they were yeah, that right. they were using? There, there's there's an overhead to the business managing that internally. Yeah, absolutely. You know where is that asset? Who's got it? What's yeah. on it? So we we do that 
on their behalf. And again, all it is doing is removing an overhead, an unnecessary overhead from the business and, and yeah. helping them become a little bit more efficient. So you give the devices that come loaded with all the bells and whistles or is that something that the business will need to take care of? No, that's 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 a really key part of, of what we're doing for organisations. Yeah. So the goal is to for, for us to be able to deliver a say a laptop or any kind of device to the, their employee mm-hmm. that is ready for them to use straight away. So effectively, we deliver the device to them, they turn it on and they can start working straight away. Okay, with all the company's encrypted stuff in yep. there. Yeah, all, okay. all of the, all of the requir- application requirements yeah. so that that business has. Yeah, um, even, even like 0365, they're just the basics. Yeah, uh, yeah just, absolutely. Um, Everything they need to start working immediately and, and start being productive in, yeah, okay. in that organization. So that's the goal. And the goal is to do that without any overhead to their business in delivering and, and that, that asset. So uh, it's, removing, it's removing an overhead to the business and it's, it's helping that employee become productive straight away. That's brilliant. What are you seeing in the current environment uh, with COVID, how businesses are responding with with their IT technology, and and even just trying to modernise their businesses and reduce costs, uh, are you seeing a, a really big shift in thought process? Definitely seeing a big shift. We're seeing the the beginning was at when at you know, probably February March, organisations really had to figure out how to mobilise their workforce. Mm. How how do we get people? working from home and being able to be productive while they're working from home. So a fairly significant challenge for most organisations um, to be able to do that mm. um, because it's not something that most organisations have really taken too seriously. There are some people that in in industries that work from home but, you know, the lion's share go into an office and, and work in yeah, the office. Right. So we, the beginning of it, we were helping organisations to try and mobilise their workforce um, and then I, I guess future-proof that concept so then they could have that workforce, you know, working from somewhere ongoing. And I think a lot of organisations have got to the point where they've realised most of our workforce is going to be working from one of three locations ongoing um, in the future, either from home, from the office or from a, a customer site. Mm-hmm. That's so what we've been doing is trying to help organisations mobilise their workforce so they can more effectively work from anywhere um, at any time, um, so that that's that was the initial key. I think the second wave was really the impact of mobilising the workforce. That really kind of went, came back into the the more of the central functions of of IT. Um, you know, the data centre side of of IT. Yep. How what's the impact of that workforce now all being you know remotely distributed? Um, I think organisations really had to try and get a handle on that pretty quickly and. You know, technology such as Microsoft Teams and Zoom, you know, those those things are quite easily to start using. But then, do you have all the underpinning technology to be able to support that? So, um, you know, your employees can effectively use that from home as well. So, mm. a lot of organisations had some challenges that they had to solve really quickly, mm. and I think that that was our goal was to try and help them solve well, it's those even challenges. <coughs> working from home. Just a simple thing. Some people have lesser quality internet connections, right? So trying to do a Teams call that just lags as opposed to someone else in the team and the frustrations that come with there. It. What do you think the future outlook looks like for, for the, the workforce, I guess, especially when it comes to technology? Oh, I think most most organizations will do exactly that set up their their workforce so they can they can effectively work from home maybe a couple of days a week is it as a, if they are working from home then is it the work is it the business's responsibility to upgrade their internet connection put them on nbn or whatever it might be or is it up to the individual to to do that it's a good question i think you know there's got to be a level of support from the organization and we're seeing the demand for uh, a lot of what we manufacture shift as well. So mm. a lot of supporting technology, second screens or, yeah. or um, you know, devices that they can effectively, what you would have historically seen in a meeting room at, at your office. Yeah. A lot of people are looking for Webcams. Um, yeah, a basic device <laughs> that they can set up at home to, to turn, their, to turn their living room or their dining room 
or a spare bedroom into a you know into yeah. a meeting yeah. room during yeah. the day. So we're seeing a, a huge shift in the way people uh, consume technology, but the type of technology that they want to use as well, um, mm. so they can be effective yeah. from home. Absolutely, um, it's, it's a massive paradigm shift, and I think that's organisations are going to be letting their employees work from home uh, ongoing into the future. So we, you know, organisations need to be able to support and empower their people to be able to work from home. Yeah, even the other day, I was, uh, I was, got, I got told that my camera, my or my Surface Pro, sorry, I don't use a Lenovo product, <laughs> was uh, was wasn't the best, which was interesting because I thought it was supposed to be good. But anyway, um, and I had that comment come through a few times, and I went down to the office works. So, right, I'll buy a webcam; it's better anyway because I can change change camera angle. People don't want to see that side of my yeah. And it, the the place was completely wiped out, wiped out all the. All the webcams were gone. Yeah. Uh, all the extra screens were so everything was just sold out. Like it's amazing these retailers, I guess, the they're they're selling out so much. And everyone has now adopted. I've got friends who are saying, well, we don't even think our businesses even need like we're talking Westpac. They're saying we don't even need to consider going back anytime soon they're happy for us to work maybe even to the end of the year right yeah i don't know that for exactly if it's going to say the end of the year but there are companies that are doing it where it's like yep work from home till this is all sort of blown over yeah by then i don't actually believe that people will be going back into the offices i think like when i when i say that i don't think they'll be there will be an expectation to come back into the office unless they're you know mandatory meeting or whatever it might be I don't think so. I think people will want to go back into the office though, not not full time. But yeah. I think this w- one one positive out of this is that um, uh, there will be more of a, uh, a balance between home and the office. Yeah, most yeah. most employees will just go back into the office when they need to or or when they want to as well. Because that's the that's the missing element for me in in all of this is that you know that face to face. But yeah, with, the human interaction with your customers or with with your fellow employees as well. There's only there's only so many teams or Zoom meetings you can yeah. you can do before you start to you go, know, go register some fatigue, meeting fatigue, Absolutely. we call it. So, yeah, spot on. Um, so I think longer term, because when it's a personal chat, it doesn't really feel like a meeting because you can just go up to someone's desk, have a chat, general conversation. Hey, what do you think about this? Cool. Whereas if it's a team, is it's generally scheduled. You don't normally, although I call Gabs, I just push the button and I just say Gabs and we just chat all day long. But it's, um, yeah, for most people, it is a, a registered meeting. Yeah. On that though, moving back, if, so we are all going back. Let's take the take the idea that we are moving back to the office and people, uh, businesses and uh, they're going to bring their people back two, three days a week, whatever it is, even if it's five days. Now they're going to, these businesses have been forced to buy or all this excess stock, extra screens, mouse pads, whatever it might be for home, then all of a sudden they're going to come back to the office and there's all this excess stuff there as well. There's going to be a double up and all this extra hardware or is it, is it more that they took whatever was in work and they took it? No, I think, I, I think a lot of organisations had already got to a relatively modern workplace over the last five years where you know, that traditional model where everyone has a desk in the office that where they work it has has mostly gone it's yeah. it's you know the i guess the old term is hot desk yeah, it's just desk. a which a is desk now, where anyone can work walk yeah. in and you know and so work you get your own laptop and mouse and everything that's yeah so i think the 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 what what's happened is the the home your home has become an extension of that and i think too. that's that's what's going to be the norm ongoing is that um, you know, you can work in potentially one of three places, either home, the office or, or, or customer, customer site. Um, and, and the ability to be able to do that is the most important thing. And I think that's where the technology that you're using and you've got in your hands, that becomes really relevant and really important um, to be able to, you know, roll up to any one of those three places yep. and be productive ongoing. That's, that's effectively our goal is to, is to support the employee to be productive um, and to make sure that they're, you know they're they're happy doing their job with the technology that they've got in their hand. How's this affected you, as in in your role in Asia Pacific role travel and all that? Yeah, area? obviously, obviously my role is an Asia Pacific one, so I you know spend a, a bit of time travelling throughout Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's non-existent at the moment. Oh, so 
again, for me, the biggest the biggest challenge has two really is one that that human connection, mm. you know, between between my colleagues around Asia. Uh, you know, you really need that, especially in Asia. I think there's so many different cultures, yeah. and we're all very different as well. Mm. And I think most language barriers disappear when you're face to face. It's yeah. a lot easier to effectively communicate with people face to face when you're yeah. from different from different absolutely. backgrounds and different cultures. So I think doing that over because you get the mannerisms then from the human absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, the non-verbal <laughs> communication the non-verbal, part yeah. of it. It's so important, and you you know you just you. This it's made me realise how important that human connection part Absolutely. of working with different people is. So that's that's the challenge. The second the second challenge for me really is the that meeting fatigue part. You know, I, I, I find that um, that that be, that's a, become a real thing. And and interestingly enough, I, I've got a, a friend that um, lives and works in Melbourne who is also uh, an Asia Pacific resource, and he he gave me a really um, a really interesting tip that I'll share. Yeah, go for um, it. So historically, before this all came into to play, you would you would book a meeting to to see a customer, and you know you would have travel time thirty minutes mm. before, thirty minutes after, mm-hmm. and so most people would block that out in their calendar. So now that everyone's working from home, most people don't block that out, no. and that that is a really um, legitimate way that people are starting to see meeting fatigue because they just have back-to-back meetings all day. So he's continued to do that block 30 minutes out before and after each meeting. And it gives you a a time, a chance to, you know, to, um, to prepare for the meeting first and foremost, and then, and then, you know, like a self debrief after the meeting and it gives you an opportunity to, to prepare yourself for the next meeting as well and give yourself a bit of a buffer. So I just thought that was such a good tip, an awesome tip. I use that. Uh, we use HubSpot as a CRM, yep. and we uh, have the meeting bookings, and you can calendar. And I know Office do their own version of it as well. Yeah, you, you know, you can put. Yep. You put, book your times. I've I set. I've actually set up my meeting times with fifteen minutes before and fifteen minutes after. I've, so doing that already, but unconsciously because it was like that before. <laughs> so yeah. I've just left it. it, and it is it it is amazing how much you need, even if you just want to, you know toilet break you know go for a quick walk outside get some breath of fresh air uh you know have a coffee whatever it might let be. the dog outside yeah quick phone call whatever it might be yep um it is definitely definitely godsend the that extra break before and after yeah and again it it leads into productivity as well the amount of meetings that you you're on where people turn, run into the meeting five minutes late and it's not their fault it's just the fact that meetings have become back to back all of a yeah, sudden correct. One, they're not prepared. Two, they haven't had a chance to, you know, to debrief from the last meeting. They haven't had some personal time to get a drink or go to the toilet or anything. Yeah. So they're not. When when people are coming into the meetings late, they're not focused on the no. main topic. So you you just end up wasting time. So I think yeah. it's such a great idea to, to do. And you're almost not present in the sense that if you've come off a relatively difficult meeting and you're moving into the next one, you've probably still thinking about so you, you know that just that debrief time yeah is huge yeah we also we had we've done a previous podcast with a guy by the name of roy papalia where he's a return to work specialist and an exercise physiologist where he helps people with their movement and whatnot yeah. and gets them back into work he does a lot of work with return to work sa and, and, and yada 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 he was saying that that 30 minute just get up away from your desk go for a walk, do something. It has to be every two hours. You yep. need to get up for half an hour off your desk because you would do that anyway within the office generally, wouldn't you? You'd get up, go for a toilet break. Absolutely. You might visit someone. Walk outside go down, for a coffee. Go downside, get a coffee. Some people go for the odd smoke. Not that we're promoting, but promoting that. But it, it, it's the actual fact that you actually just get up and you're moving. Yep. Whereas when you are at your desk and you've got the back-to-back team meetings all day long, it's you, you'll have a lot of problems with your body and your posture and everything when you can, when, when we're all done with this and he was sort of saying that's what we're going to see people yep. going back to business it's an amazing conversation most people haven't actually really thought about it no i agree and the other piece that i think is really important is the balance between work and, and life yeah. you know with most people having to work from home mm. it's a it's already a challenge oh. you know just injecting yourself into your traditional home life but Correct. i think a really important part of that is making sure that you can try and keep that balance mm. um, and and not uh, all of a sudden be working another 10 or 15%. And, we, and we, we're seeing that 
a lot, but we're seeing organisations are really proactively supporting their their workforce to make sure that they do have a work life balance, and, yeah. and that's that's a really important part of making sure that you know people continue to be you know work positively. Yeah, but well, have, one to, of have the, the life part too. One of the absolute keys to productivity is rest. Yeah, and, and sleep, and people just need that needs to needs to happen, and rest doesn't need to mean you know kick your feet up and watch a netflix movie it can mean you know going for a walk uh, doing going you know if i know you do f45 doing f45 or yep. doing some exercise program anything or anything that you just get up and get that blood moving and flowing yep. and that that's also rest because it's it's rest from your everyday uh, thinking and monotony of, of the work life i guess so. yeah and it's and it's it's mental rest as well it is right? you're Absolutely. just stopping and doing something else so yeah it's yeah it's it's the it's the it's really important. Mm. So uh, one last question in regards to Lenovo. I'm interested in the future of what the IT world looks like. We're mm. very much a futurist, I guess, and thinking. Is there? Have you guys got anything interesting on the books? Is there? What do you? What are some big changes? Like I know this IT uh, devices as service is, is great. It's a growing thing. Is there anything else that sort of that you've sort of, you've been wowed? I mean, you travel the world. Uh, and you see some of the best technologies. What's something on the horizon that you've uh, been wowed by? Yeah, there's uh, everything. Everything that uh, that we're doing is, which I love, is is focused on smart. So, yeah. as an example, smart IoT, smart yeah. retail, smart cities, smart infrastructure. So, yeah, wow. um, better connections between people and technology, uh, and and a more making sure that the businesses that we're working with, we're trying to help them solve their problems mm. um so that that's a really important part of what we do i think uh, as an example we're really strong in in the space of supercomputers yeah um and effectively all a supercomputer is is uh, a, a large computer that can crunch a large amount of data in near real time now yep. the reason that's important is for people that are doing research in trying to solve you know particular problems yeah. around it could be droughts or, or health yeah in the, a- in the industry or the trying to find a, a solution for for COVID. you know yeah. how do we yeah. how do we properly support that so a lot of what lenovo is doing is working closely with organizations to understand the problems they're trying to solve mm-hmm. um, and then coming up with the technology technology to to support that so i think that that for me is a really important part of, of what we're doing. The yeah. the IoT piece. Yeah. Um, so know, Internet of Things for those people. Yeah, Internet of Things. You know, what can you explain that in a in a nutshell? So it's it's basically um, providing getting devices any anything and everything to be connected to the internet. So okay. so you can share that data and yep. and. And make your lifestyle potentially a little bit uh, yep. easier, a little bit more efficient, a little bit fuller. Uh, make so make your life be, easier. Everything as well. we think of is going that has a power cord is going to be yeah. Really, a really simple example is say a fridge. Yeah. You know, most fridges now have an internet connection yeah. where they they understand to a certain level what goes into the fridge and and mm. they can connect back into your local supermarket to uh, potentially for you know forward order anything that is running out you know so whether you go to the supermarket and just collect what has been ordered on your behalf by your fridge yeah or or it gets delivered if i had a fridge like that i get burnt out pretty quickly yeah Yeah, definitely but i mean that's a that's a that's it's a simple example but you know cars as well are oh yeah that's that's another really relevant well you can turn someone was telling me i've got i won't go into it but you can turn on an app in the app you can just turn on like i know this might sound a bit bit flippant but you can turn on the um the steering wheel heater <laughs> through your app i didn't know you could yep, do that until yeah, someone turn, told me turn that. the heat on your seats yeah on exactly before you get in the car when yeah. you when you wake up if that's you're an early morning exerciser definitely you can turn the engine on for your car from from your app so that there's so many real world applications yeah, well, so cool. either helping the consumer mm. um with you know with their life or or helping large organizations solve yeah. some of the you know serious challenges that they have as well so i think um, the the smart component of of what we're doing is is really interesting and um, so you know, you, it's evolving really quickly. I think. It, yeah. Well, and, and so the supercomputers that for AI as well is it to help. Yeah, artificial intelligence yeah. is a is a really important part of it. I think the for me what, where I see so much of the benefit is in um, that the research part. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of uh, research organisations and universities that do such an important 
part of um, you know finding uh, uh, cures for for different yeah. um, challenges that we see around the world. That that I think is the the really interesting piece. How we're helping them, you know, find those cures a little bit quicker and a little bit more efficiently. Um, so I think that that's that's where we're um, that we have a, a catch line internally that says we're we're helping um, uh, we're helping customers solve humanity's greatest Problem, challenges. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a good purpose it, to work to. It, yeah. yeah, it 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 sounds a bit fluffy, but it, it's definitely real. And there's such a, a lot of amazing examples where Lenovo is yeah, absolutely supporting. Well, say your client of yours comes up with the cure for COVID. Right, you, your technologies help them develop that. That's that's exciting. Yeah, is that? Are you working with companies that are? So we're, uh, I really know good is, confidentially. No, in, I mean in the US, we're working with uh, with a couple of universities to help solve um, significant drought issues that they okay, have. So, right. predicting weather patterns and overlaying that with um, farming methodologies around. Yeah, well where they plant their crops and when they plant their crops as well. So, again, bringing data from different industry verticals and, and merging it together to understand how they can – how farmers, as an example, can avoid um, planting where there's going to be a drought. Uh, you know, so it's, it's helping industries become a little bit more sustainable and, and a little bit more efficient and effective as well. Mm. And, and, again, I think it makes, makes sure that – you know the farming industry as well. Um, you know they they can continue to do what they love doing, and that's you know being a farmer. So I think yeah. there's so many examples Absolutely. like that where um, you know the collection of data at a large scale and then merging it together for um, you know a real outcome is 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 um, becoming an important part of what we do. It's so cool. Yeah, there's a million examples. Yeah. As well. Well, we won't keep you much longer. I know you've got to uh, shoot off to a meeting after this. So It's been uh, good. I've it's been great. Enjoyed. Thank you. I do like to ask a few little quick fire questions at Ooh, the end. Okay. Um, now, I did. I, I, you don't. I know you're not a big consumer of podcasts. So you may not have heard some, so you may not have be prepared for this, which is kind of cool. <laughs> are you a big reader? Like what? And if you are, what is your favorite book? Like. We, we talk a lot about books on this podcast and people are sharing ideas about what they can read and what they can't read. Fiction, non-fiction, it doesn't really matter. But what is something that you you look on to and go, yeah, that's... And if it's not a book, a documentary or a TED Talk or something like that, that you've gone, wow, I've learned or I've gained from yeah, that experience. Definitely. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big, big, big book reader. Great. So um, I've, I've, um, I've kind of moved from... Um, not really the self-help books, but you know the the motivation, how to how to kind of cons- consistently improve yeah, how you're doing things. Um, so I've I've moved from that, and I've found myself um, reading books where it, it focuses on uh, um, interesting people in history mm-hmm. and and how they changed uh, industries or, or changed people's thinking Disruptors. and why they did why they did that specifically. So I've, I've found myself the last couple of books that I've been reading have been focused really on, on history and, and yeah, those disruptors in, in history and how they've changed things. Any good ones? Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of the book that I'm reading, the name of the book that I'm reading at the moment, but it's, I, I should, I should know. <laughs> I should know. I should have come prepared. <laughs> yeah. Is there a book that you've gifted? So if someone's come to you and a lot of people would come to you and say, Shane, you know, I want to, grow my career I want to move up the ranks a little bit what's what's a general book that you might recommend to them to it's a good it's a good question Lenovo has actually got a book on culture yeah um that our um chief culture officer yeah uh wrote yeah um she's been she's been in Lenovo for 15 plus years and it's it's literally a book as when you start in the organization it gets given to you Yeah, and it's it's not it's not really specific to Lenovo. It's more around what you know, what is culture, and why is culture so important to a business, and um, you know what what makes culture uh, what makes a business successful based on on culture. So I think that's been a good one for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, in I've been in Lenovo for five years and and been managing people in various parts. So that. And most people potentially roll their eyes to begin with because they think it's a it's a the fluffy bit. It's a it's a Lenovo book, and it's yeah. not. It's just it's a cultural book, and yeah. it, it's a really interesting read. 
Yeah, well, culture is culture, really. It's not, however it is. It's, it's the most important part yeah, of, absolutely. Of, of the success of any organisation. Without doubt. Thank you for that. We didn't pay you to say that either. So that's great. Uh, so if, all right, I'm going to ask you a question. I, you, I see you've got, is that, that's a ThinkPad and what's that phone? Uh, that is a, that's a very worn out Samsung. Samsung. So. And a, and a, an X1 Yoga. X1 Yoga. If, if Lenovo wasn't around, would, what, what laptop would you buy? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I'd probably, I'd, I mean, any one of the, our competitors make great products as yeah. well. Um, I, th- I guess that's, and that's the challenge. And that's why we're, you know, we've been evolving and, and other industries are evolving because that this is really well made by us and our competitors. Yeah. So this is highly commoditized and, yeah. and, and there's, you know, there's, I mean, everyone makes it slightly differently and that's yeah. what makes it so valuable. Yeah. So uh, you're, de- I'm you're not, deflecting here. I'm not. I'm not too fussy. <laughs> Maybe an apple. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Well done. Just, just because, just because it's cool. Just to make. Yeah, because you cooler. want the little logo on the back so yeah. everyone can see you've got an apple. That's yeah. the, the only. I'm convinced that's the only reason why people buy them. No, it is a good product. I like. So, if you had one superpower, what would it be? That's a good question. It's the real, It's the best. I love it. I'm a massive Marvel fan, so I'm a bit of a geek. You know. I think flying. Flying. Yeah. Yes. I, I, would, I would love to be able right. to, you know. How just, free would you feel? Absolutely. I mean, the the expenses you could save on <laughs> just to begin yeah. with. Well, now, especially now, who needs planes yeah. when you can fly? And, ha- and, <laughs> and just how quickly you could get from A yeah. to B as well. Well, you know? so that's a... So but then just, but, you know, also you see uh, drone footage today of you know looking down yeah. you know bird's eye footage yeah. and it's so amazing oh, it's to remarkable. look at to be able to do you know to be able to be in the air and and like seeing that with your own two eyes would oh, be yeah. so you got so speed cool. limits around how fast you can fly whatever the human no, body can no absolutely no speed limits because light light speed might superman be. has <laughs> no speed limits <laughs> brilliant so if you have all right i like this one too and again this is showing my little sci-fi street uh, geekness here if you had access to a time machine where would you go where would i go yeah where where would you go uh i think i'd probably go back and visit say my grandparents when they were around my age oh yeah that'd be cool you know just to because you don't you don't get to see I reckon them. you'd be shocked. <laughs> I reckon you'd see Oh, definitely. <laughs> it would be interesting to see whether you became friends yeah. with them or, you know, so it would be so interesting to see because you hear be the good. stories, you know, growing up, you hear them tell the stories that are all, all, always great, but you've never experienced it for yourself. So it would be great to go back, even your parents, you know, at your age to, yeah. to go back as well. That would be interesting. My grandfather, uh, well, so my background it culturally is Italian. Yeah. And my grandfather was involved in some um, in some rather interesting work over in Italy, <laughs> if you can sort of understand where I was going. So, yeah, it would be... Tomatoes. Yeah, tomatoes, exactly. Uh, it, uh, it would be... It would be really interesting. Now he fled to Australia to get away from that, which yeah. was great. But um, yeah, back when he was over there and, you know, young 18-year-old, yeah, so that's a wild that, west. That would be really interesting. Yeah. All right, last question and one of my favorite. What? Tell me your best dad joke. Now you are a dad, so you should have yeah, plenty yeah. of these. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I should have. You should have prepared. prepared. Yeah. I should have. Surely prepared. there's a shit joke that you tell quite often. There, there. <laughs> oh, oh, I had one the other day as well. I'm, I'm terrible at remembering jokes. I, but I'm so good at coming up with. To, you know dad jokes on a regular basis yeah, okay. um, i get called out for it all the time but yeah. I, I don't have one. Oh no no you surely you got one knock knock joke something whatever pull something out no nah. i've got a mental blank uh, drawn a blank that's disheartening that is i, sh- <laughs> I definitely should have prepared something i've, I've <laughs> got a few good. don't stress we can't we've, we've got no, like nothing x-rated here either no no, no. no. <laughs> uh, oh I'm disappointed in myself. I don't have. I do not have a day. This is your one opportunity to shine. Yeah, I know. I know. I've messed it up. I've made a mess of it. Oh, good. No worries. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us today, Shane. It's been lovely having you. It's been really awesome actually hearing about the way businesses can move 
forward and think about the device as a service. I know for me, I'm definitely going to be thinking about hitting you up for something like this in the in the future as we grow yeah. bigger and bigger. But um, yeah, the I think yeah, I think anyone listening to this, they might actually really gain something out of it. Might not have thought about it. In yeah, that way it's, before, so. it's it's um, look, it's a it's a concept that every every industry is adopting, not yeah. just not just technology or IT. Yeah. So I think it's it's really relevant um, that most most organisations are going. How can we how can we become more productive? Yeah. How can we help our employees become more productive? How can we um, introduce something that uh, that is a positive influence to our employees as well? So that's. And that's what we're seeing is is happening as as us part of delivering the service. Brilliant, beautiful. All right. Well, thank you for for joining us, and we'll catch you. Thank you. Catch you soon. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. Thank you once again for joining us here at Creating Synergy. It's been great spending this time with you. Please jump onto the Synergy IQ Facebook page where the discussion continues after the show. Join our mailing list so you'll know what's happening next at synergyiq.com.au. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you really enjoyed it, please share it with your friends.